rock and roll kid everybody what's up it is rebet we are live we are rolling and i am uh, lucky enough to be joined by new zealand weapon world-class new zealander <laughs> awesome human claudia Baden. how are you hey i'm great I'm awesome. and, and just before we start can you quickly please show everyone your three and a half um cups full of uh urine which i think you yeah happily <laughs> Quarantine, quarantine, quarantine is, um, you know, desperate times, desperate times. We've got to hydrate. It's like actually, su it's it's actually, survivor. It's actually ginger tea, people. It's ginger tea. Okay. Um, I'm not even going to bother about um, doing doing the big intro of, of all the different fingers you got pies. All I can say is you've got fingers and lots of pies and they're a big pie. So that's good. Um, where are you right now? What is popping? How's fams? I know, but the others don't. Please give us a quick one-on-one of where you're at and what's going on. Yeah, I'm in Los Angeles. Um, things are pretty good here. I think we've been in lockdown, I think, for five weeks. But honestly, I'm losing count at this stage. Um, my family's good. I've got family in Sydney and family in Wellington. Um, I think the hardest thing for me about this is feeling that separated from my folks. And I'm used to being back quite a bit. And... Truly, this starts raising some pretty deep questions about choosing to live offshore, if I'm honest. Let's just like start right out with something yep. really deep. Shit, yeah. shit. Oh, <laughs> um, oh, um, oh, sweet. Eddie Von Dazzler just jumped in. Love, Claudia. Such a boss. <laughs> how, how, how do you know? Oh, do you know shit, Eddie? I'm not wearing Eddie. Oh, oh Eddie, you're stuck. Right now. Claudia's <laughs> switching out on you, bro. She's coming. She's coming to the dark side. Oh no! So I, so me, me and Eddie. Oh, stuff it. This is our show. Oi! So Ed, me and Eddie go back like twenty years. We started oh. snowboarding together back in Christchurch, Mount Hart. We we're on the Christchurch rookie team together. He was one of the raddest like shredders. Like he was fully we in the same game. I kept going on the snowboard world. He went off, and the next thing I popped back, and he's like, I don't know, 26, and he's like the working style director of some creative gnarly shit, and he's just full flossed out the pocket squares and stuff. I'm like, what the fuck? And then I get invited to this like gnarly um, release thing, and I roll up, and he's just got like some $10,000 suit on, and he's just doing the most baller ass shit, and I, yeah. I just rolled up, I'm like, Eddie. Yeah. The Eddie. But you know, he it, was born to do this. He was born to yes. do this. Born. Dude. Yeah, like, uh, it just, like it, do you. <laughs> people in his world now just don't know where he came from. The roots of Methven and Mount Hutt, I know. We, we go back he's, a to oh. he's a total savant. I'm, a, I'm obsessed with him. I would yeah, be wearing Eddie. him. It's just like, Eddie, you need to make me some cashmere pajamas. That's basically Ooh. where I'm at with... with <laughs> or some red he's probably already velvet. got them and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um okay so we've we, we, we've we've gone off Oops. tangent because of um eddie stuff you eddie um actually no back on eddie for a quick sec i went in there to try some stuff i'm just too fat for his shit <laughs> i'm too big yeah i have to say you go Custom and you me. do yeah you go and try some stuff on there and you like get back on your diet and exercise yeah. game big time yeah okay we don't let's go from fashion to the future <laughs> Perfect. Oh, and Aaron Lloyd's just jumped in. What is this? An EVD love fest? Stuff Pretty here, much. Right? Yeah. This show okay. is a promotional broadcast. <laughs> For EVD, proudly brought to you by EVD. Um, uh, Eddie says, stop talking about me. I have your pajamas. There you go. <laughs> okay, well done. Okay, we digress. We'll move on. Um, that's right. Future of New Zealand. Okay, go. You were saying, uh, let's not go back to... No, no, actually, you're yeah. talking about the potential... Uh, the, the the flights. Yes. I was talking about flights and feeling separate from my parents and this kind of really raising some deep questions for me about choosing to live offshore. It's like a, it's like a, cause I, I love the U S I love living mm. here. I love what I do. I love being a bridge between New Zealand and the U S and what's going on here. Um, but this is, this is like, this is messing with my mind. <laughs> So on that, when Jacinda was like, okay, if you're a Kiwi overseas, feel free to come home like now. I'm like, yeah. oh, you know, like, I mean, just kind of like whatever. And group came in and out. I missed the deadline by four hours to land. And I think it was at five o'clock on Monday, you have to go into two-week quarantine. I was like, stuff it. I'll hang in San Fran for another little bit because I'll shift the things out, whatever. Right. And, and then two days later, Bay Area goes on lockdown. I'm like, okay, stop, shit. Okay, now I'm on lockdown here. And then New Zealand goes on lockdown. And then it's like, cool, now if you come in, it's two weeks. Now I'm thinking about, I was like, wait a second. So I'm imagining this next piece is going to be like only New Zealand residents, only, you know, um, essential supplies and trade. That's totally, and that my mind's probably the same thing in yours. I'm like, well, shit, like 
am I safe to go home? Where, where is home? And, and when can I, I go? Know. What can I do? How does this? I know. That's funny. All the eh? questions. Same all the thing. questions. Existential crisis. You know, bam, right there. Look, I think um, here's the way I'm thinking about this. And I look, there's not a lot we can do about it right now. Um, we've got to do what we've got to do. We've got to stay home. We've got to keep safe. We've got to keep gym free. Uh, we've got to wash our hands. Let's let's not forget we have to wash our hands. Very important. Um, and you know, when, when we can, I think what's important for New Zealand specifically is to make sure it participates in the global economy as fast as it can. And as fast as it's safe, obviously, we don't want to put anyone at risk. But I worry that what this causes is a retraction. Um, it's literally caused us all to retract. But we've got to be really quick to think about how we can move past that retraction. And I'm all about you know, buying New Zealand made, buying US made, like supporting local markets. That's really important, but we want to be part of the global economy. That's where, that's where, I mean, I think that's where the value is for New Zealand and that's how everyone has lifestyle that I think everyone wants to have. And hey, if not, it needs to be a conscious choice that we want to mm. attract the economy because we want to be safer. And that's cool too. Like that's a choice, but I, I believe in really conscious choice. And so let's really think about the ramifications of not participating globally quickly if that's where it lands yeah one of the things i've been wondering and i've brought up a couple of times is the idea of um hyper local resiliency to back yours right like cool i'm going to go to that cop that shop and go there i'm going to go support these artists i'm going to go support this travel blah 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 whatever but simultaneously it's like well we need these international hands to be holding we need deals to be happening we need these other yeah. sort of things moving then i'm thinking well what's this next wave going to be from not 2020 because no one's going anywhere 21 22 when people start physically traveling to get FaceTime again yeah what they're going to be saying to the other side is going to be different to what they've been told to before they leave and what i'm imagining everyone's going to get told to say is like we need to look out for ourselves this is about resiliency us number one we need to be able to have our manufacturing this 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 but simultaneously be like be friends with everyone so if we need to get their shit we can still get it and yeah I'm, and but then i'm thinking about the dynamics of human beings over the next 24 to 36 months negotiating local pride and care of commerce for for what they are there to do mix with simultaneously i don't know if it's going to be fake smiles or whatever it's going to be almost like co-opetition it's not going to be one because there's going to be two games that have been played when you look for our, our people and our global and, and, and local and it's yeah, no it's but, not global it's now it's global and yeah but or, that same role is going to be the same person that was doing it because they have the relationships yeah but they're going to be two strands that are going to be doing does, does that make yeah does that make sense look it makes it makes sense and i guess where i land on this is um we should be asking questions right now rather than looking for answers and i think this is a good question to ask and you know, I love the AT piece that they came out with, and I'm not even going to attempt to remember that the Earth is Breathing video was like stunning and mm. um, actually like tear to the eye stunning, which is not, you know, I, I'm not an easy, I'm not an easy target for that sort of thing, but it was beautiful. And mm. that kind of stuff, you know, the role Jafinda is playing internationally, the way she's looked at, those are the things where New Zealand is seen through a, from a global audience. And maybe tourism isn't turned on straight away, but we still want people to want to come to New Zealand rather than us just kind of closing ourselves down. You know, we want people to know about New Zealand brands and buying them and, hey, they may be being couriered or posted or whatever, but that that's okay. Um, and just thinking about it through that lens rather than just like, hey, we're tracked, let's support ourselves. I think there's an opportunity to think a little differently on the other side of this. Yeah, I've been thinking about halos and magnets, you know. Yeah. What are what are them like just Jacinta is gonna have a halo effect of, you know, the goodness of, of, of global leadership with care and love, and that's mm. gonna have these good things. It's like, well, what are the magnets that then um pull? And I think the the balance off between the two is gonna be quite um, it's a massive opportunity, especially if we look at the timing for New Zealand to the global thing. It's like, okay, cool. Four to three to two. Okay, well, shit, if New Zealand's almost back in business and if, if New Zealand becomes, you know, I've been having this idea around like hashtag back in business of what that looks like for New Zealand mm. and the world. Nice. There's going to be a couple of things happen. And, and I've been wondering about every single country that has businesses that need to be operating that needs to get open for business but can't. If New Zealand becomes open for business, that would mean two things. There's going to be a shit ton of um, businesses set up remotely. But because of the visa restrictions, I was then thinking similar skill sets in different industries that exist in New Zealand could get redeployed to be working for potential overseas 
um, companies. So there could be a, if they do the, the, the right thing, I'm imagining from a government perspective around setups and commerce for these different businesses to make it quite easy for these companies to get set up here, we could have huge opportunities for different um, uh, employment to pop back up because we know the way that's going to happen after this next piece, the numbers are pretty clear with what's happening. But probably to your point as well, the questions I'd be asking like, okay, well, what would what does New Zealand need to look like to be that safe haven with a nice halo and a magnet for global business to set up remotely and virtually, and then to localize real human beings out and about in public? Like, what does that look like? You know, I think these questions they keep coming, but they're they're they get me quite excited because then I see it, it's like a new slate. You know, it's like yeah, and I. Yeah, and what we were, um, firstly, I think you're the human equivalent of the run-on sentence. That was just like perfection right there. <laughs> just like a, a huge single thought. <laughs> no, so you know what happens is, no, she, she knows, so I do these and then someone will be like, what did you just say? I'm like, I don't know. I don't shit. know. I, 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 like, I just, I forget within, so even now I forgot what I said and I'll, sometimes people will see me a link I'm like, oh, okay, cool, me. No, oh, but my head... Yeah. There was just, no, I can't. I, I, like, just, I just, I know yeah. you're on a deeper level now. Yeah, just, I don't know. <laughs> it's just amazing. It's just perfection. I had to call it out. Um, you know, I think before we started the call, we were chatting about this. And look, I, I think there's two pieces to this. Like, part of it is that we've got this massive desire to know and to have certainty as humans. And, and we can't right now we're sitting in the space of, I don't know what I don't know. You know, we're just sitting in this massive question mark This everyone's racing to be experts and to know everything. And oh, we'll be open here and we'll go from level four to level three, you know, here and level three will look like this. And we're all just trying to find the certainty. And actually the smartest thing that we can do is get used to the lack of certainty and to get used to this change environment. And as part of that, I, I'm starting to question is this hyperventilation for a return to normal. And I mean, my first point is we're not going to see normal on the other side of this. And, mm. and then I'm like, we need to we need to be more imaginative than that. Like this is actually an opportunity for a complete reframe. And I get that there's stuff that is not working. That this is not working for restaurants. This is not working for people who are running empires and have to homeschool their kids. You know, this is this is not working for um, anyone who likes to take out pizza in New Zealand. Like there's a lot of things about this that are not working. But that doesn't mean we have to wholesale reject them. Like what happens if we embrace that and think, well, how could this work? And and I'm really fascinated by the um, the the breathing that we've allowed our environment to do, the regeneration mm. that, that's happening. And frankly, um, how beautiful it is to live in a world where commuting is not happening. I mean, living in LA at a major intersection where I do, that, that people are not commuting has just made my life a lot happier. I love where I live, but I just don't like the traffic noises. So there's a lot of, you know, positive externalities to what's happening right now. How can we, how can we, re how can we keep them and rethink the pieces that aren't working? So how can we make homeschooling work? I don't, I don't know. I mean, this is, that's the mm. big question for me, but I think we should be thinking that way rather than, oh, I can't wait for it. And oh, as long you know, the minute blah 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 happens, and when when are the kids going to school? When are they going to camp? Is the question everyone's asking here. So that that's kind of where I'm sitting right now. That's interesting. The main thing I was saying is like, when does the KFC drive-through open? That's the key one. It is an important question. <laughs> oh, there's got what? Trust me, there will be there will be traffic jam for Mecca's and KFC drive the KFC drive through yeah. is going to is going to pop it next Tuesday. It's, it was one of the first things I said when this happened. Um, I'm like, what stock do you buy right now? And I was like, well, McDonald's. And my husband's like, why? And I was like, let's go check out a drive through. <laughs> like, that's the one so, thing drive through works as long as you know, people cooking the, the food. I don't know if you can keep bacteria on that food, though. I'm sure that's pretty safe. Oh yeah, no, you're always you're always safe with a good good six. Yeah, good. Um, but no, it's an interesting one because I think when it's a mindset of when this happens, then I can finally dot dot dot. You're already going into it set with the 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 right the world of what you what you feel that will be after they yeah. give you the right yeah. to live in that world. It makes sense. And mm -hmm. I've always been of the opinion of 
why not dot 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 stuff that but dot, dot. and now it's great because he's it's 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 forcing everyone to think lateral with what could be and already people having to to go lateral and do crazy hail marys commercially just to try and survive yeah and all of a sudden i think there's going to be this massive wave of well if we did that then why can't we dot 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 you know like yeah. if we were i always um we had um vic crone on the on the show a little bit ago and she was saying mm -hmm. it's blowing my mind at how fast things can actually happen when the people really want oh to. yeah oh yeah and i'm just like yeah. preach and then because i said well what's going to happen is as soon as everyone's back out of this you're going to be like well we did that so why we radically yeah. transformed a flipping you know this to that or, or within um different other big organizations you know there's going to be so much ammo coming out of it like almost it's going to be let's t it's going to be like survivor you won't last you won't last you won't last but like, we'll take this we'll take that we'll we'll shift it around how do you think business leadership and decisions will actually change after this do you think or you hope um i really hope for many for many reasons i really hope the remote working becomes you know working from home becomes a more um, steady state and a more acceptable and highly used thing i appreciate that that's going to cause problems for commercial real estate you know people in the commercial real estate business um that's something that we'd need to figure out but just the the um upside of that i believe works significantly um I think that what we're seeing is um, is kind of proof of why we need to have agile um, an agile workforce and smaller teams. Um, so I think that you know being digital first and being oriented to devolving ownership of projects to smaller groups is going to be obvious coming out the back of that. So this, so I'd, I'd like to think we start to orient ourselves to that. The big one to be a bit dorky about it, though, is um, balance sheet management. Like, I, I just go there. Well, you uh, coming through this. I want to make sure I've always got enough like fuel in the balance sheet to really mm. like allow my company to go the distance if we had to shut down. I mean, basically, we've just had to figure out how to operate businesses with a zero revenue. Um, you know, in a zero revenue environment. And the, you know, the funny thing for me is like, I'm like, oh, that's like startups. <laughs> I know how to do that. That's, <laughs> that's really easy. Like that, that's like, cool. Got it. Um, so like for me, that's really natural, but, but actually to be in big organizations where we're thinking that way is really new. And it, uh, you know, coming out the other side of this, I'm, I'm going to be wanting to do it a lot more with fewer now I'd like to still employ the same number of people, but I'd like to have my business grow at a, you know, so I want to get a lot more um, bang for my employee buck. And I don't want to do that. Let me be clear by, by being a, you know, a taskmaster and a, you know, yeah. and a, um, somebody said to me the other day, I feel like a corporate drone. And I was like, oh, that's totally not where we want you to be. We don't want you feeling that way, but yeah. I get it because you're at home and Friday blurs into Saturday blurs into Sunday. Yeah. I mean, living over here, my Friday, uh, my Sunday is New Zealand Monday. So I'm naturally working that day. So I, yeah. I literally lose track of the days and I can imagine for someone in the middle of the organization with this all going on, um you're on zoom calls all the time you don't know what's going on email like you are going to feel that way so i want to make i want to drive a lot of ownership of stuff down through organizations i want teams and individuals to come alive with the work that they're doing i'm a massive fan of okrs to do that to really drive transparency of company objectives through the organization i think they they do some serious heavy lifting and that's that has been my orientation for a while. And now I feel like I have permission to actually be pretty bullshit about that. Yeah. I've been, it's perfect leading to the next piece. Cause I've been wondering how the two parts, one is I think that now everyone's been forced to go virtual as it's exposing weak leaders and it's creating tribes around the great simultaneously. Mm. I'm then thinking how, how does, you know, it's one of the questions I asked right on the first one of these, we had, um, uh, uh, Jolie, um, uh, Hodson, a CEO of Spark, and I was like, you know, how do you, how do you like scale culture remotely? You know, and and it's the, if you think about, there's a million different businesses, there's a million different nuances to all of them, but they all use Zoom. What's the point of difference? 
I get a link, I click it, I'm into it. Okay, cool. Now what? And obviously we've seen the first wave, which is yeah. the boss wears a hat on a Friday or there's, you know, there's virtual drinks or there's, you know what I mean? Like there's these, but that's the start of the thinking and the reason why I'm always like, but then what, why? It's like, oh, cause they want to try and create like that connection piece. Okay. Well, what's that next piece? And it's like the, 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 that craving for human connection and culture is almost um, organically sprouting up, you know, ideas for, for virtual yeah. connection. And then when, if I'm in a startup that's virtual or if I'm in a big telco or a, a billion dollar publicly listed entity, what does my experience feel like remotely? Because if all of a sudden a corporate now is on the same playing field as a startup, there's no reason that they can't be using that, those same methodologies, if not thinking, and stealing it the other way to create the coolest corporate culture remotely, virtually. Do you know what I mean? And I, For real. Yeah. And I'm oh, wondering, I'm like, totally. well, what but is why that? haven't they before? Because we've been too busy doing all this stuff that felt important, and suddenly now a lot of it's evaporated. So, yeah. you know, I I'll post I'll post to um, LinkedIn after this. There's a couple of cool pieces on thinking a little bit differently about how we work, and one of them is a podcast that I've just I'm almost at the end of. It's so damn long. It's like an hour and a half, um, which I listened to them when I got for walks, and I busted my back. So I. <laughs> Like not walking as much as I was. Yeah, serious. There's some serious hobbling going on. It's embarrassing. Um, but um, the the uh, Sam Harris is interviewing the CEO, and I'm forgetting his name in the company. It's, uh, I should I should remember, but I can't. Some weapon. But um, and and the the point that he made that I think was really really interesting is that there's a lot of opportunity to drive culture digitally and. Ultimately, I come down on the side of, I think we got lazy. I think we were using the fact that we were co-locating as an excuse for culture. I think we used Friday night drinks as an excuse for culture. Like that's actually not culture. Culture is, culture like hides and like the rituals that you have and the way you, you know, the way you wear hats on a Friday or that actually it's an employee suggesting that and the boss picks it up and does it like mm. that's culture. Culture is like really sneaky and really hidden. And you gotta be, you gotta be look, you've got to nurture it. You gotta be looking for it. Um, you gotta know where to find it. And I mm. don't think got new headphones and they are just what are you, what not are you on the, the pros, the, the pros. But honestly, I think my ears are shrinking every time I go down a size of the little things. <laughs> you better swap the ones out. They get a bit, they're a bit funky to pick off too. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. So sorry. I'm like, no, um, do you? so, so I think, I think we've gotten lazy and I think what we think is culture is, um, is not. And, and I think that you can do as good a job and I'd even say potentially a better job. Um, the, the person being interviewed mentioned communication, which I'm a huge fan of. I write a blog every Monday, it's New Zealand every Tuesday, um, because I want to communicate kind of what I'm thinking about. And, and I did this when I was working with MZTE as well. I always send an email every Monday of just like, Hey, here's just something to get you thinking. And sometimes it was just some silly video or a show I'd watch on Netflix or whatever. They were always short. And I think those kind of things, like you see most of those internally and they're kind of average. Um, uh, they're, they're, not, they're not the CEO going, this is the most important thing I do today slash this week. Uh, so I think there's a huge opportunity at the end of the day. I've been, I've been wondering about um, organic culture through scaled intent. Mm -hmm. right? Like... Um, I've never met Richard Branson, mm -hmm. but I can imagine what that feels like to work for him, even though I may not meet him. Mm -hmm. And then, so I've been thinking about that for a, a last little while, and then this whole virtual thing's popped up, and I'm like, man, there's going to be some mega opportunities for this this tribalism virtually. Then I got to the, my headspace was around we um, we were judging the the high tech um, awards again this year, and 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 the category I was in. Um, we got down to a couple of the candidates and we we're trying to talk through two of them. And um, obviously I'm not going to get in trouble and say who won because they haven't come out yet. But I know I, we could both do I, that and be okay. in so much trouble right now. Know. You know, one category, <laughs> I know another one. <laughs> but I said, I go, you know, I would jump on a rocket ship to, 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 to make a billion dollars with this, this um, yeah. candidate, but I'd go to war with this candidate. Yeah. I like and, the way you're thinking about and it. And it was a different, and and everyone was like, because they were trying to get all the channel, and then they were like, 
got it. And, and it's yeah. a different way of like the feeling of like, and, and I've never met either of these people, right? Yeah. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, a cool point. How do you, is there a hack between, I don't know if it's authentic leadership, like a, a Craig Hudson, or if it's a, it's a bit of humor that pops through with a Jason, or if it's a, like there's, there's, there's something in there that I think is massive power because if you get that, the, the, the buy-in power of intent through a leadership like a Branson virtually could literally 5X a business to copy paste old mate stuff you, John, this is how we do it. There's your cubicle drone, your um, corporate drone. Yeah. that That's a business tangible outcome. That changes intent. It changes connection. It changes um, communication. It changes output. It changes. So there's all these kind of things that I've been wondering about. And I'm kind of looking back here. I'm like, if you're resetting this whole shit and you're now even just your headspace talking about the balance sheets, talking about, you know, like a zero revenue environment. Like I've never heard that before, but at the same time, I'm like, you're flipping right. Like, holy shit. Yeah, we why, had to why? model that way. We, we had to model that yeah. way because we didn't know what was going to happen. So that becomes mm. the most prudent thing to do. Uh, and it's a great exercise, by the way. Like, Jeez. I think everyone should do that. Um, you know, what, what? it's interesting what you're saying. So I'm a big fan of Daniel Pink's work. He wrote the book Drive, which was a lot about um, self-determinism self and how um, you can drive employees to really step up and kind of direct direct their own traffic you know and in in essentially as a way to get the best out of people and there's so much great work in that space and i think what you're talking about is basically um driving <laughs> towards mm -hmm. that so you know i again going back to okrs it's a system for um sharing the objectives of the um organization but like down through the organization so every team and every layer steps up and says this is what i can do this is what i think i should be doing to contribute to this top level um yeah. corporate objective and so I, you know effectively what you do when you do that is you're you're telling employees hey i'm interested in what you're thinking there's a really interesting like balance for me though at the moment because if i think about like maslow's pyramid of needs yeah. we suddenly and immediately got slammed into the bottom <laughs> you know we're all like happily working our way up to self-actualization yeah maybe um but but certainly above security we got the app we got the app for that yeah. yeah you know so we're like we're like trying to work our way up the pyramid and then like overnight we're like slammed into the bottom and i think we have to be a little conscious of that as leaders at the moment too like a lot of people have basal needs and and just being conscious being really conscious of that as well before we're like open the floodgates to, hey, what do you want to do? What are you thinking about? Like, I think there's a couple of baby steps that we need to do before we get there. But I, I really like what you're saying. And, and it, you know, again, I think it comes back to um, declaring publicly, whatever that is, whether it's within the organization or more broadly, you know, who you are and what you're about. And then, um, you know, allowing discovery around that. I was on a mm. call with someone from um, the help desk at one of the companies I work with and we were, whatever, we were just setting something up remotely. And then he texted me later and was like, whoa, I just like read up on you and I hadn't realized what you'd done. And like, you're so cool. And I was like, well, yeah, hey, thanks. <laughs> um, and, and he was like, oh, I'd really like to chat at some point. Um, and I, I was like, of course, yeah, let's do that that would have never happened in mm. the before world. And that's not to say that I can do a million calls for a million people, but Hey, he's the first random person to uh, put his hand up and ask. And how can we generate that more in organizations? Like we have boards of directors. I'm on boards, you know, with phenomenal people, like such interesting people and all very different. And a lot of people I wouldn't ordinarily kind of get to know or know their skill set, And you, that happens and you have an environment where there's an ability to connect with them within a corporate structure, that's going to light you up to your point about Richard Branson. Um, maybe you wouldn't go to war for them, but you'd certainly understand their perspective and, and I think be a lot more oriented to where the company's going. So I think there's tons mm. short, you know, short, short form, um, the short story. I think there's heaps and heaps and heaps of opportunity for this. And I think we got, we've gotten lazy. And let's just not be like, oh, when is it? When are we returning to normal? Like, let's let's ask ourselves more challenging questions than that. Yeah, it was like the what I'm intrigued with is, you know, business as usual 
what they decide to, the filter they put on it to what to keep and not keep with the way they operate moving forward? Huge question. Right. And then it's going to be, okay, well, what's the methodology or the thinking behind that? Is it, is it out of comfort? Is it out of fear? Is it out of, you know, the, these next leadership decisions coming out of it? I mean, now obviously everyone's strategically thinking about what they're going to do, how they're going to, all the rest of it. The crazy amount of pivots is going to be one thing, but yeah. it's all going to be simultaneously, not only the, the shock of going to zero, the repivot to try and survive, the then... I can see the end of the tunnel because I get to go to the beach and go for a surf to then I'm back in the office, but holy shit, I'm 80% revenue down. I've still got hundred percent of the staff that have gone through the subsidy. Now what dot, 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 like these way I see them as waves, right? I'm quite visual. So I'm like, okay, cool. Wave, boom, reset. Yeah. Yep. Next wave. There's the end of the tunnel. Yep. Cool. Now I'm back in. Now what? If I go BAU, but then I'm 80% down, the next wave is going to be destruction. But then instantly now it's like, okay, well, where does my headspace need to be to what that world looks like at these points to see what the opportunities actually are? Like even the, the other day, Tim Alp from um, Juicy, yep. you know, he's sitting there and he's like, dude, I've got all these flipping um, uh, uh, hotels and unused sort of spaces. So then I linked them up with the, the, the crew at Women's Refuge. Um, yeah. Now there's a space for safe night. So you got kind of real uh, lateral thinking happening great. across all of it. And you're just like, yes, okay. So then when you come into this new world exactly to your point i don't want it to be that conversation of like back to how like just back into it and i think yeah. i think there's going to be a split though like i really feel that there's going to be this tension between business as usual um, i'm calling it like i've got this thing that i've been calling it like called pc pre-covid ac after covid ac after covid there's going to be the lazier defense leaders who are going to be like okay we're back into a team and then there's going to be the offense crew of like it's a new world let's go and there's going to be mad beef internally at board and ceo level between what they take to the new world what they don't what it should be and what it shouldn't what makes sense commercially now to the future and so there's kind of these new train tracks that we're on and and the train tracks is it's clear it's digital first we're cloud we're in we're we're we're, we're rolling but now it's all of a sudden okay well what are we building on it do we build something yeah. for th that into this new one and i think that gets me excited but at the same time i can see the i can see some big big mistakes that leaders are going to make in these next three months based not on where the future is going but based on when the insecurities of what they don't either understand and that gets me a bit i'm like I'm, I'm going to be really interested to see leadership from afar and how it actually translates to the real world after this. Yeah. That's what I'm like, I, yeah. Cause you can sense it in a couple of different businesses already with how people are doing, but. Yeah. yeah. Look, and there's always winners and losers when something like this happens. And you know, my best advice for a leader right now is have a look at your board and make sure you've got enough innovative thinking and challenge around you as uncomfortable as that might be. And the second thing I would say is, really question if you're sitting in the I don't know what I don't know space and and if if you are <laughs> it means you'll be very uncomfortable right now and that's actually fine it's like that's not a bad thing that you feel that way it's actually a good barometer that you're fully acknowledging what's going on and then I think the final thing is um I really like for for people and businesses alike it's a very kind of meta um practice or process but I like to sit down and go what are the problems I'm trying to solve like like really high level what are the problems I'm trying to solve and what are my assets like what am I really good at where are my good teams where are my good people and just sit back you can do this as a person too and then you just sit back and look at what I'm trying to solve and what my assets are and aim match them up but b look for where the gaps are and start to bring in people or support or do some learning or whatever it is in the areas that you have gaps and just I, I I'm trained as a lawyer so I always in a complex environment like to make it as simple as I can I think that that's you know we learned when we were reading a contract to slice up the sentence and read it in in component parts to understand what all of the different pieces meant and then bring it together and I go back to that time and time again just get really foundational and get really really simple and make sure that you are actually seeing yes the woods for the trees or however you know that saying goes um but really make sure you have clarity over um the big picture and that very foundational picture and and act from there rather than getting stuck in all of the little tiny you know pieces yeah. of the business that you will get stuck in inevitably
but it's like forced gnarly strategic thinking which many people aren't comfortable with and they're not used yeah. to it they're not used to a 360 attack at every different part of their business that they need no. to think about for the future but I, th I, I like that approach of like where are those those gaps and even just you know a couple of different people we've been talking to it's like you know we have these physical bricks and mortar assets we have this level of skill set within our capabilities yeah. of the people that exist within our organization we have these allies we yep, have these partnership opportunities yeah it's a chef all you're of a, that you're a business you're a commercial chef looking at the and you're like right, what am i going 100 percent one one hundred percent. You're a commercial chef in quarantine. I got bananas. Yep. I got bread. Yep. I don't have yeast. Banana bread, it is. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's, and that's exactly. why everyone's making banana bread right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We just got a a, a heads up. Uh, uh, bro, Virgin Australia just collapsed. I'm just looking at. Yeah. It's what, a shame. Half an hour ago. Jeez. Well, the, the government didn't, but I mean, that just kind of, that goes across, <laughs> that's a crossover between I'm trying travel, to think logistics some, and brands. Somebody called that. Somebody I know said that Virgin would be the first to go. Who said mm. that? I can't remember. Yeah. What a shame. Uh, Ty says, what was the name of that author, writer, Claudia mentioned, who writes about self-determination? Daniel Pink. Daniel Pink, Pink and his book is Drive. Drive. Daniel Pink, Drive. There you go, Ty. Cool cat, by the way. Meow. Um... Yeah, it's. Do you get excited or scared when you think about what you think about? Oh, so excited. Mm. So excited. And I think actually, just to pick up on a point you made before about strategic thinking, I think a lot of people get overwhelmed by that because they make it too deep. Um, I'm just like looking for nuggets. I'm looking for a little, like little ways through, and I'll go in and I'll test them. Like I'll give it a go or I'll A B test it or whatever. Um, I get so excited and, and um, I'm, I'm obsessed with change. I love change. Like it, it's, it drives me, literally fuels me. Um, and, you know, the minute this hit, I just go into, I guess, battle mode. But then I, I, I'm a lawyer who's done startup. <laughs> I'm just like, my training is crisis. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. Like, I'm good in this. I'm good in this scenario. This, is, this lights me up. Ty says awesome. Thanks so much. You're Ty, welcome, what's the name Ty. what's the name of your cat? Uh looks like a <laughs> is it a female? Uh and, and give us a story about your cat, that'd be great. Um Yeah, so one my headspace got to a funky spot after the lockdown piece when I, I I always felt I don't know if it's the same with you, but if I always felt if I'm physically not in the room, one of my biggest assets is either EQ to feel or sense or energy, mm. right? And I then I always would feel if I'm not in the room in New Zealand, if I'm in the States or wherever I'm at, mm. that I would be behind. Like I'm, I'm, I would be losing mentally for myself because I couldn't, you know, force shit through or just energy, momentum, all that shit. And then when this happened, I, I remember it was a Sunday and then I was sitting there and, and I had all my shit. And then all of a sudden something hit me and I was like, wait a second, every competitor who potentially wants to go against me for anything I'm into is in a similar spot to myself it might be a 20 by 10 room it might it's going to be a laptop a camera and a microphone go and then my brain just went to wait a second i'm scrappier than anyone i'll flip and hustle this shit out and all of a sudden i kind of started getting like like some flipping wolf of wall street uh, yeah some of that shit i got real hyped and i was like dude yes okay sweet flipping in and i was like i yeah. don't do this boom, boom, boom. and all of a sudden it was really weird that it kind of felt like the world came into where I play. And then I'm like, okay, sweet offense. Let's go. And weirdly enough, I've actually probably been busier virtually than I actually would be physically in New Zealand, even though I, yep. I do lots of shit in New Zealand, which is quite weird. And I think, I don't know if it's for yourself, but has your time prioritized where you've got way more efficient, shorter with your, with time or how's so, how oh, yeah. that? Yeah. I'm, I'm really quick at doing things. I'm, pretty obsessed with productivity so i know how to do things well um how to whiz through my inbox quickly how to prioritize you know so i'm 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 a good manager of my time um i have been so so i don't like the word busy i've been very um in demand with mm. um working with the companies i work with there's been a lot of stuff for us to figure out it's been great and it's worked really well but I've been on the phone a lot and a lot of the time it's short order so there are just days where 
there were a couple of days where I just lost my entire morning because I was up, I'm up early. New Zealand comes online a lot later, you know, and so I'm just kind of waiting to progress something, waiting for people to come online. And I'm literally just kind of sitting there trying to manage mm. something to happen. So um, there's, there's been a lot going on. Um, I've been reading more. I mean, I'm a huge reader, huge reader. And, and the, the amount of reading I've been doing at the moment is, is, unbelievable i just like i just know that i've just got to cram as much information in my brain so that when stuff happens it's kind mm -hmm. of pre-processed and i can you know i can start to put pieces yep. together and i'm not really reading about predictions and i'm not trying to train myself to be at be an epidemiologist like i'm not doing that stuff i'm just reading on strategy and reading what people are talking about and trying to get a pulse mm -hmm. check of what's going on um so, so I work remotely anyway. This is very natural and normal for me. I like it. Um, it's been it's been like on steroids lately. I've been loving that. I would say there's just two there's two things from what you just said before. I mean, the first is in terms of being physically present, and I think it's a really good point. I I would counter that. I've found the the deepest conversations I've had and the most thoughtful conversations I have are on the phone. And my belief is that it removes a lot of senses. And so all you really are doing if you're being an active listener is just listening into the person and probing them and asking big questions. And you mm. really start to get to the meat of the issue. Um, it's a lot easier if you've met the person in person. So um, you know, I'm not going to discount that at all. But I do, I think there are huge, I find I can be a lot more present in in a remote environment than in person because I'm, I'm very aware of my surroundings and my senses are highly um, tuned. And so that has an impact on me. Um, so I what think about that's reading one people? Piece. What about reading people? EQ? I can read fine. It's totally fine. I, I use it. I use questions a lot for that. And I really listen to tone of voice. Um, I listen to what people are not saying. Like it's become, mm. I think it's become a skill I've really honed because yeah, I've clearly, had to, yeah be on a lot of calls and I've negotiated a lot over the phone and um, I can get gut reads off of, pe of people. Like I've made a few calls on deals we were doing that I, that turned out to be right. Just, just purely from listening. So I think that is something we can all be working on practicing as a mm. skill right now. And I, I think it's taken me time, but Hey, why not start now? The other point um, to your like um, bounce back from like, Holy shit to, Right, I can do this. Like yeah. I can, I'm just imagining the adrenaline. Yeah, going, <laughs> power, up, power up. Um, and I'm the same. But we're probably super resilient people. There are a lot of people who haven't had their resilience tested. You know, I've I've had a good amount of knocks. Yeah. I've had a good amount of stress situations that have helped me learn to do that. And I just kind of want to um, a like offer compassion to people who are maybe listening who aren't feeling that and who mm. are kind of wondering why have I not? And, and that's totally fine. And please make sure that you're surrounding yourself with with um, friends and family and mm. folks who you can talk to about that. You know, no one's judging anyone at the moment for how they feel. I'm having the rawest, most honest conversations with some pretty, you know, heavy hitting people. So, so make sure you reach out to folks, um, but also practice it. Like resilience is a skill and, um, you know, it happens when we fall off the bike and get back on again, it's scary, um, but we do it and we maybe fall over, but we eventually figure it out. And so just have, I think, you know, an exercise you could just do is like, where is an area that I feel a little beclamped, you know, a little, a little tight about, um, and, and maybe don't want to do it, give yourself a challenge and go, I'm going to actually do that this week. And I'm going to get a little like gold star on my resilience chart and slowly find little things like that that you can do. Um, and you'll still start to build a little bit of that armory as well. Resiliency is a skill. It's yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mine would always be, you know, like without getting, there's a spot I, I rented a, a bathtub in winter and meth and put all my shit in in the bathtub and a, and a foam mat down the ground that's where I slept right I was just like car rolled 40 bucks a week and you know I was just drinking up and goes and mountain dews and and toast and you know right diet this shit in my life, it is a winning yeah, diet winning just, yeah <laughs> but I remember I remember moments of where I was and then I 
in my head, the resiliency was like, no, no, I don't you've got now because I know that you take all the other shit away. I know I've been darker and deeper and I don't take that as a poor me, poor me. I put that as, no, now that gives me more ammo to then know that I can go gnarlier to go deeper. So in my headspace, and plus I'm a sport competitive bastard, so I'm just, you know, as well. But no, you're exactly yeah. right because I, I think it comes down to, and it's something I said a while ago, and maybe it's a good, a good time around of this idea. I said, you know, in, innovation is bravery and action. Mm. Where for you to innovate, it means you're doing something separate and different to what everyone else is doing. But to do that, you need to have internal bravery first to do something different it's externally. It's a great point. Secondly. And then yeah. when, when I look at businesses and this and that, now it's like, cool, well, you can draw up all the flipping best, you know, giddy up strats of, of how you're going to pivot the shit out or whatever. But it doesn't mean anything because you're not going to act on it if you're not brave yeah. first to be away from yeah. the pack. And then I was on a call or this little call with the apps and I was like, Every single rule is gone. Every single thing is up flip and window. Every single linear way we think how it could be done is flip and finish. So write all that shit off and just go for the flip and ninja move straight off the bat because yep. that, the ninja move is the new normal. Because yep. right now, if you do a proposal to someone for a pitch for a thing, they're not playing, they're not doing that shit now. It's done. That yep. no, no, no. It's it's all different ninja shit. So my kind of take on it was. Now's the time to go ninja, like just some la yeah. some lateral weird. And as a buddy of mine, he's in the he's in a sector that he's had a ninety seven percent business loss, and he's had to let go of ninety five percent of his stuff. And I sent him a link of a um, NFL NFL best. Um, uh, the best lateral plays and basically the lateral is like it goes to zero and they keep throwing the ball around it just keeps going nuts to try and do it and it's just like 10 minutes of just you're watching the the gnarliest hail marys of all time and i was like new business plan and i just sent him the thing and he was like straight hail marys i love and it I was like hell yeah and and so like you know he's in a tough spot and thing and, and to just to get like positivity back from that it just changes the mindset of like how you how your headspace going into it can change a lot of yeah it. Yeah. So this is huge for me because effectively what you're describing is what I call squiggling, which I've been kind of talking about for ages now. And the goal of it is to not seek progressive measured steps forward. And it's it's designed for a change environment. And we're in a change environment right now. And so um, I really excited hearing you you speak about this and and i mentioned earlier like i look for the little things i can test and try and so yeah they could mm. be ninja moves that they don't have to even be that big they can just be little things big things whatever but the goal in this environment is to test and one of the theories i love for this and i can post there's a really cool article in a blog called the art of manliness so i'll make sure oh i share God. that link it's actually a really a really good blog. The guy's very thoughtful, but it's the most hilarious um, blog title. But he talks about a, a guy called Colonel John Boyd, and he was a US um, fighter pilot. And he um, created something called the OODA link, O-O-D-A, and it's observe, orient, decide, and act. And the whole goal of this, it's actually designed from being a fighter pilot, where, of course, you're going at breakneck speed and um, and you're, you know, you're trying to fight somebody else who's probably just as intellectual and just as good a plane. And his whole theory is that what you want to do is observe your surroundings. You want to orient yourself. You, and, and he talks about this being the most important step. So truly understanding where you are and what your environment is and what's going on and what direction you need to head in. And then you decide what you're going to do and then you act. And then the loop begins again. So what you're constantly doing in a change environment is this kind of decision process and it's not um, linear and it's not um, actually something that you can put together in a plan and start executing the steps. Like, as you said, that business plan that you wrote, like throw it away. It just, it's just garbage now. Or maybe don't throw it away, recycle it. Um, but but um, this is the environment we're in um, right now. And Honestly, the hugest part in this, and and hopefully this this resonates, is um, we have to look at ourselves. Like a huge piece of this, a huge piece of resilience, a huge piece of, of bravery, a huge piece of innovation, is us actually understanding ourselves really well. And so, I mean, that's the other thing I would do as a leader right now is just go, you know, how 
how well tuned to who I who am who I am am I? You know what? I sound like a Doctor Zeus yeah, um, yeah. book. Um, you know, but but really, um, you know, this is a good time for self awareness. This is a really good time to understand what you're scared of, what you're not scared of, um, what you're willing to do. Are you willing to like give it all up so that you know if it if it if it put it all on the table so that if it goes wrong, you're living in a in a bathtub? I mean, hopefully that's extreme. <laughs> I would not want to be doing that with my back the way it is right now. But, you know, no, like, I said it's, on the floor, no, gear was in the bathtub. Oh, you gear was in the bathtub. Oh, the the bathtub. Uh, no, yeah, I can do that all day long. Um, so with, you know, up and go energy drinks and toast. Um, so, you know, I think it's a really good time for um, learning a little bit about yourself and understanding where you sit because, you know, you don't get in a jet and go, you know, you know, be a fighter pilot without actually having some serious cojones, right? In 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 knowing you're willing to make the moves and execute the moves. And um I you know, I think that's a huge piece of where we are right now. Otherwise you just phone you're just phoning it in. You know, yeah. you're just following a blueprint. Yeah, and 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 the blueprints aren't gonna work. We've we've never like I'm like there's never been a better time to use the word unprecedented. <laughs> we've yeah never experienced this in our lifetimes we don't know what this is going to do so um yeah and i i believe this is a massive opportunity for some serious some serious change and some serious force for good yeah what do you think before we go what do you think is the biggest opportunity that you think new zealand has ac after covid um Gosh, you know, I think, I think through the lens of what you were talking about before and kind of how I'm thinking about the companies I work with, I think we've been a bit slow on the digital uptick, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I think we're behind on e-commerce. We're not naturally inclined to digital first. Um, we're not naturally inclined to cloud. Talking more about the big businesses, but also from a consumption, from a consumer standpoint. I think the opportunity for us to compete in a global market and to get more than just a few cents on a commodity product is for us to really spin ourselves digitally and figure out how we can, um, you know, be that remote work organization mm -hmm. that's sharing our culture with the world that has everyone wanting to participate, but has a lot of people going, well, I can't afford to buy you know, a ticket, you know, they, they talk with the luxury, you know, the luxury goods companies often put out products that are at a, at a cheaper price point because, you know, people can't afford the big fancy bag, but they can buy a pair of sunglasses, right? Like if we get, if we get really radically on a digital edge, I think that we can start to sell a lot of sunglasses and, um, and the expensive bags. And um, I think that would be, environmentally smart for New Zealand and it's smart for New Zealand businesses. Um, and there's a lot of infrastructural pieces in there that um, we could really strengthen to the benefit of the, you know, long-term country, the long-term benefit of the country um, and the short-term benefit as we, as we remote work and potentially continue to. That was a good question though. That's a great answer. Hit, drop the <laughs> drop the flip and hammer on that last one. Is like <laughs> drop the flip and hammer. Um, epic yarning. Thanks for your time. I know you got a million oh, things good. going on, and you're you're very oh, in good. demand. In demand, Claudia. I know you're very in demand. Not busy. Uh, in demand. <laughs> in demand. I've been demanded of. Um, stay safe. Stay good. And, and um, I'll, uh, when I get to LA, one one's yeah. on me. Yeah, love it. Love it. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks for a bit. Right. See you soon. See ya. Bye. Bye. Good human, another weapon, great chats, deep thinking, smart brains, good day. And she got some of that, uh, what was the, the odor? Observe, orient, decide, or design, decide, act. Solid. Good chats, team. Claudia Bannon, absolute machine. And if you're one of the few who don't realize how much of a flipping weapon that chick is, it's called Google. So epic. Shot team. See you soon.